Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Pastor just finished an amazing series. We call it his Go Message. G stands for generosity, O stands for opportunity, and then he added a piece this year, D for destiny. Generosity plus opportunity equals destiny. It was an amazing series. If you didn't, if you didn't get to hear it all, please go back and listen to it. Get the pieces that you didn't get to hear. It was extremely powerful. And as he was preaching that, uh, he told me going into the last part of that series, he said, hey, I'm gonna let you swing the bat when I'm in Arizona. I was like, yes, I love preaching. I love getting to share the word of God. And when he did that, I began praying and just chewing on, on what God would have me to say. And man, I was facing the big 5-0, the half century mark. And so destiny was really ringing in my soul. Man, there's more territory for me to take in the next 50 years. I got some hell to kick in the teeth and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not just going to decide I'm going to be that guy that's going to sit back in a lazy boy recliner and, and get old and not impact the kingdom of heaven. Joshua 14, there's a passage of scripture that says, if I'll stay on mission and determine that I'm going to go defeat hell, God will give me the strength I need. Caleb at 85 years old took the hardest piece of ground in the promised land. He went up and kicked some giants in the teeth, took out a city with big fortified walls at 85 years old. So I'm a young buck at 50. I'm just saying. But then thinking about that, the destiny piece, the other thing that happened to me was seasons. Uh, I'm looking at my yard and I got to plant some Bermuda seed because I got a patch of dead grass in my, well, it's not dead grass. Right now, it's just barren dirt. It's just dirt with some rocks in it. It's about two foot wide right beside my driveway. When folks come to visit, they get out on that side, they walk on it so nothing's grown there and it drives me nuts. Every time I mow, I look at it and go, what am I going to do with that? I hate that. Last year, I made a half-hearted attempt. I tried to scratch their dirt, the dirt up a little bit, and I threw a little bit of Bermuda seed in it, and it sprouted for about that long, uh, and then it went away. Oddly enough, the stickers grew. I'm like, man, those things will grow anywhere, won't they? But it spoke to me about seasons, and that in certain seasons, there are certain seeds that you need to plant. And what I want to show you today is that really, ultimately, what I believe is that seeds are God's plan for our destiny. Remember, I said the enemy had a plan and a destiny, but God said, I've got a different way, and I believe the seeds are what God uses to change the destiny of your life. So we're going to start in Genesis 1 to see what that looks like. Genesis 1, 11 and 12. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. You see, seeds are important to God. Seeds are important to God. God spoke, vegetation grew, trees were there, and he said it was good good. He said it was good. And if you follow that narrative out, uh, Adam and Eve ate some fruit. We always say it's an apple. I don't know. In my version, it's a Brussels sprout. I'm just going to let you know that right now because apples are good and Brussels 
sprouts are terrible. Um, but I, you need Jesus. Whoever said, hey, I'm just saying, I'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's wrong. It's funny, but it's wrong. Um, so you follow that through. Adam and Eve sinned. It ushered sin into the world. This place got broken, y'all. That's what happened. They unintentionally unleashed authority on this earth to the enemy. And it got broken. And then a bunch of bad stuff happened. It got so bad. You follow it all the way through. Get up to about Genesis 6. And what you'll see is, is it got so bad that there was only one family on the entire earth that was righteous. So a flood came. That flood took everybody out but that one family that built the ark. Can you imagine what it must have been like on that boat with all those animals? I'm just saying. That's something. And in Genesis 8... There's a powerful piece of scripture that I want to read. And, and what it's going to tell you is, is that seeds sown always grow. Seeds sown always grow. This is when they got off the ark now, Genesis 8, 22. As long as the earth endures, did you catch that? As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never, ever cease. It says seed time and harvest will never, ever cease as long as this earth is here. So since seeds are going to grow, it's simply a matter of what they grow. Seeds got to grow something. So seeds re reproduce after themselves. We see it in Genesis 1.12. We're going to throw it up, in, up there in the NLT. Seeds reproduce after themselves. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruit, and their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Real simple. If you plant tomatoes, you grow tomatoes. Tomatoes. You know why I brought these? So I could do that. You know, there's also cactus in seeds, though. Plant a cactus seed, you get a cactus. Interesting thought, huh? Seeds reproduce after themselves. So right about now, you're going, man, Pastor Rob, I did not come for a gardening lesson. And good, because I can't give you one. I'm a terrible gardener. I try to grow stuff. I already told you, stickers grow when I plant Bermuda seed, all right? I'm not good at it. My mom is. She can, man, my mom can bring a plastic plant to life. It's amazing. It's the, it's the craziest thing. It's like, good gosh, how'd she do that? What I'm really trying to do is help you see that there's a biblical principle, a godly principle, a spiritual principle. When we see something in the word, really what we see is, is that God put it there to cover every area of our life is really why he put it there. There's a reason that he said seed time and harvest will never, ever end. We're going to take a look at that over in Mark 4. We're going to see that in just a second. Hold on to the truth that seeds reproduce after themselves. Seeds reproduce after themselves. And if you carry that spiritual principle forward of seed time and harvest, you're going to see that really what happens is, is that our life is a garden that grows what we plant. Our life is a garden that grows what we plant. Look at Mark 4, 26 through 29. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. If you're a son or daughter of the most high God, you're part of the kingdom of God. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. 
All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. He's not talking about wheat right there, y'all. He's talking about a different kind of seed, that the kingdom is about seeds. Your life is a garden, and if you're part of the kingdom, you have control of the seeds that grow, that you plant in the garden of your life. Let's look at it again. If you're going, nah, I don't see it there. I'll give you one more. Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. You see that? That's definitely not talking about cactus seeds, apple seeds. It's talking about the garden of our life. If you sow selfish seeds, you're going to reap a harvest. If you sow spiritual godly seeds, you will reap a harvest. Now, for some, this is a new revelation. You're like, I had no idea. I'm terrible at gardening, so I didn't know I was planting seeds. So let me help you. I want to show you the two primary ways that we plant seeds. Two primary ways that we sow seeds. Sow just means to plant, to scatter. What we say, what we say, the words of our mouth. Look at Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you see that? There's some seeds that are coming out of your mouth, life or death. And if you love it, you're going to eat some fruit from it. Did you ever consider that the original seeds in creation were the words of the Most High God? His words were the seeds that started it all. How do we know that? Because it said, then those things reproduced after themselves. His word were seeds. He produced life out of his mouth. And then if you follow the Genesis narrative, you'll see that we're created in his image. That's why we're encouraged to watch the words of our mouth because there's either creative or destructive power in our mouth because we're created in his image and seeds are how God works. It's how he created everything that we see. Seeds. So we've got to pay attention to what we're doing with this thing. Now I will tell you what usually happens is our minds immediately go to money when we think about seeds. And I'm going to tell you that's, listen, that's a part of the pie. But I'm going to be bold enough to say that that's not the biggest part of the pie. It's about everything in our life. And I know that seems so simple, so rudimentary, but it's truth and we all forget it. Can I tell y'all, I still, man, I've been serving the Lord since I was 19 years old. I still mess up with this thing. I still occasionally open it and a dead gum Brussels sprout pops out. It happens. And so that's why we're talking about this today because it's important and we, we all do it. Maybe we come in here and we watch our words real well. We watch our words so well. We come in here and we've got it down. Man, how are you, brother? Now, you know that brother just lost his job, totaled his car, and his dog had kittens, and the inquirer doesn't want to give him a check for it. And you, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. We'll talk it here. 
When we're around each other, we'll remember, oh, that's right, I gotta watch this thing. But then we get out on the job site on Monday and it's 105 degrees on the roof, man. Or you're in the boardroom and the report that you did, the boss is not impressed with. And in that moment, what seeds do you plant? Did you forget? I know I do sometimes. Look, when I walk outside and my truck's on a, got a flat, <laughs> I got to work real hard to not go, it! not again. It's going to ruin my whole day. I usually don't step outside and go, man, I'm blessed and highly favored. I got a flat. There's a $100 bill. Woo-hoo! Praise God. I got to watch these seeds. I got to watch these seeds. Because the ramifications of what we do with this are going to bear fruit eventually. So what do we speak? Man, that's a great question. That's a great question. We need to speak truths found in the Bible. We need to speak the truths we find in the Bible. Look at Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. The rain and snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. This is God speaking. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere. That's where I send it. We need to speak the truths we find in God's word. That's why it's so important to read your Bible. That's why it's so important. You gotta, you gotta find the seeds that God wants you to sow and wants you to plant. And they're in the Bible and on Sunday is not enough. You need it, I need it. Look, I, I'll preach to me. I need it every single day. Psalm 119, it's not in your notes, but it is in the Bible. It says that his word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. If I put his word in me every day, I have a promise from him that he will give me the amount of light that I need that day. And then he says it's a lamp unto my feet. I'm walking around in a dark world, y'all, and so are you. And God didn't just turn on the giant spotlight of heaven and light up the whole earth. No, no, no. Adam and Eve turned this place over. So there is darkness in the world around us. When I get in the word, he gives me enough light for the day, for three steps. And then I take three more steps and he gives me more light. You need the right amount of light for the day. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. Because pressure's coming and when it comes, you're going to have a flat tire. You're gonna argue with a spouse. You're gonna argue with a kiddo. Kiddos, you're gonna argue with the parent. It's gonna happen. You're gonna get a bad report from a doctor, from a boss. It's coming. Because this place is broken. And in that moment, what comes out of your mouth is crucial. Let me give you some examples. Baby doll, would you come help me? Carl, thank you. Look at you. Dude, I'm just going to tell y'all, look at this guy. That's Superman. That's Clark Kent right there, y'all. Look at that guy. He's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's okay. I'm just going to show you something. Spider-Man's in the house. So, <laughs> uh, 
So my life with my wife is a garden. You're good right there, baby doll. Here, come over here. All right, y'all going home. I'm just gonna, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, sorry. <laughs> I really enjoy cherry tomatoes. We already established that fact. Our life is a garden. And a garden has seeds. And if I want to grow cherry tomatoes in the garden of our marriage, then it needs to look like this when I'm talking to her. Man, baby, I couldn't do this without you at my side. You are God's blessing in my life. You are proof that he loves me. And I am so, so grateful for you. Cherry tomatoes. Let me tell you what'll happen if I'm not careful. Thirty years and you still don't fold my socks right. Are you even paying attention to me? Cactus. Man, you know, sometimes it's just so dadgum difficult. If I'd have never met you, Cactus. How about this? Man, Lord, your word says that I'm supposed to be delighted in the wife of my youth. I don't know, something, something went goofy. Something went goofy. Cactus. You gotta watch it. Because you're planting a garden Man, baby, I didn't even like saying those last things. I'm so sorry. I love you. Yeah, y'all give it up for my wife. Ah, oh, sis, where you at? Are you in this room? I got a twin sister that is not Carl Demary. You're gonna come help me. You didn't even know it. Yeah, come on. I'm, I'm security. I got, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Carl's my boss, not really, but we're gonna play for a minute, we're gonna role play. Carl runs a construction company, I know what he does, I was in construction, Carl's my boss. Man, boss, I just wanna say, I'm so grateful for you. You know that God says that you're in my life under his direction? I'm thankful for you, I'm thankful for you, and I want you to know, I pray for you every day because the Lord tells me that I need to pray for those that are in authority over me. And I want you to know I lift you and your family up every single day because I'm grateful for you, boss. I'm grateful. I can't imagine the pressure that you carry. Know that you're not carrying it alone. Cactus. Man, I told you I've been doing this longer than you. I don't know what your problem is. Why won't you just listen to me? Every single time something goes goofy on a job site, you want to blame it on us. How come you don't ever shoulder the load? Cactus. Cactus. How about this one? Man, Father, you gave me that stinking boss. It couldn't have been from you. This had to be from the devil. That's what this is. This place of work is from the devil. It's not from you. 
cactus. It's the Lord that gives the ability to make wealth. Wealth. You're supposed to shine in that environment and be a blessing to that person whether you like it or not. It's a tomato. That's good. Actually, those are watermelon seeds. Don't tell anybody. It's an inside secret. <laughs> Y'all don't tell second service. Thank you, Carl. Maybe you do good there. Boy, how did I got the wrong side of that mirror? No, I don't. Whoo, that's a big one. Um, how about this one? This is, can I be real honest with you? This is the one where I usually fumble the most. This is the one where I fumble the most. The heck is wrong with you? You blow it every single time. Man, you're Butterfingers, that's what you are. You fumble the ball every time. You never come through in the clutch. You call yourself a man of God. You call yourself a daughter of God. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? What a joke. Cactus. You are a masterpiece. And God created you for good works that he prepared beforehand that you might walk in them. You are a son of the most high God. You are a daughter of the most high God. Hell trembles when you step out of bed and there's destiny out there to be had for you. There's gonna be people in your path and they need you today. They need the light that's inside of you. You're a deliverer of the good news. You're a messenger of the most high God. What are you planting? What are you planting? And then second, the things that we do Man, that clock is short. The things that we do. I'm going to drive this thing like an SS Chevelle, y'all. Hold on. <laughs> the things that you do. That goes into every area of your life. Listen, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa. I'm a servant. I'm a, I'm a pastor because I'm a servant. Those things all go together. I'm a neighbor. I'm a consumer when I go to the grocery store, when I step into a restaurant. I'm a patron. That's how... The garden is everywhere that we go and the things that we do show up in that garden. The things that we do show up in that garden because the Bible is full of commands and promises. Typically the promise, the fruit, is connected to a command, an action that you do. Uh, I am gonna use finances. Malachi 3 says that if I'll take an action and give and trust God with my finances, then the fruit will come. I'll be lined up with the floodgates of heaven that pour out a blessing that I can't contain. In my marriage, Ephesians 5.25 says, I'm supposed to love this woman like Christ loves the church, laying his life down for her. A sacrificial kind of love, not a love that says, what about me? A love that says, what about you? That's a garden. If I'll do that, I'll get to eat cherry tomatoes but my goal can't be so that I get cherry tomatoes. My goal is to sacrificially love this woman because God tells me to. If you're, listen, all of you are a kiddo. By the way, I'm 50. I have a mom and dad. <laughs> That's how it works. Some of your mom and dads are in heaven. Some of you are younger kiddos. The word says that if I'll honor my father and mother, the fruit, it will go well with me. It doesn't say if you feel like your mom or dad deserve honor. 
It doesn't say that. It says honor them, which means place high value on them. It does talk about obey. I'm not real quick with that. If they're asking you to do something that's a violation of God's word, then just kick that out the window if you're an adult, okay? That's, that's how that works. But you can still honor them. You can place them in high regard in your heart. Pray good things for them, not about them. You know, the Lord hit them with a bus, a big bus, twice on Tuesday. Um, don't do that. That's praying about, not praying for. How about your government? Let's just go ahead and push the, let's push the government button. The Bible says that all authority is in place under God's direction. It doesn't matter who you voted for. I pray for this president and this administration just like I prayed for the last president and its administration, just like I prayed for the president and the administration before it. And I didn't pray about them, I prayed for them. And the word says that if I'll do that, the fruit is I just might get to live peaceably in the land. Just a thought, just a thought. How about this one? Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Boy, howdy, I hate that that's in the Bible. Because I really want to do unto others as they did to me. That's what I want to do. And I know none of y'all do. Pastor Dave does every now and again because we're both from the streets. That's how it works. We got to fight that, y'all, so don't push us too hard. Just um, <laughs> How about you go to a restaurant after today? You're sitting down at the restaurant and you happen to get that Waiter or waitress, you, you know which one I'm talking about. Exactly. JJ had that one. Um, all the food's wrong. Stuff that's supposed to be hot is cold. Stuff's supposed to be cold is hot. You told them you like your tea glass filled to the top with ice, and yet they came and only filled it halfway, and they poured unsweet tea into your sweet tea when you got the perfect sugar to tea combination they didn't even ask first ah are you going to do to them as they did to you are you going to do unto others as you'd like to be done did you ever consider this thought hit me one time did you ever consider that when you stepped into that restaurant and all that chaos started happening at the table that very possibly it's because you planted a seed of rudeness about six weeks ago and it just happened to grow a thorn bush right in the middle of your favorite restaurant? Because you're planting a garden. Just a thought. Just a thought. Now, I don't say any of these things to condemn you. I already told you, I am that guy. I do those things. Not as much as I used to. Hallelujah. And all the wait staff said amen. Uh, so did my wife and my kids, by the way. So don't be condemned. That's not the point of this message. The point of this message is, is to learn how to plant a better garden. So I'm gonna give you two things to do when you plant a bad seed. Two things, first one is humble yourself and apologize. Just humble yourself and apologize. Look, if you walk in and go, mm, I'm sorry. Well, just keep that to yourself. Humbly go in and apologize. Man, baby, I'm so sorry, I have had a hard, hard day. So on the way home, I had three flat tires and no spare. My air conditioner went out and I couldn't get hold of Carl to come help me. And unfortunately, I took that out on you. And I am so sorry. With your kiddos, man, I'm so sorry. I snapped at you about something as 
stupid is taken out to trash. What? I'm so sorry. Man, I know you had a hard day too. You're trying to figure out this school at home piece. You're not getting to see your friends. Your world is topsy turvy. And I just came home because I had a bad day and I took it out on you because the trash wasn't taken out. Man, can you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And that just might take a thorn bush that got out and turned it into some Johnson grass. And just, it's always good to remember harsh words that you never speak, never have to be taken back. I'm just saying. And then two, immediately plant good seeds, immediately plant good seeds. Your teen may have just heard that all you were saying was, is that they are lazy and not worth anything. It's not what you said and it wasn't your intention, but that's what they heard because the enemy is tricky. And so you tell them, man, listen, you need to know I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You're holding this up. You're going to school. Some of your grades look a little bumpy, but you're keeping it together. You haven't seen your friends in almost a year. Man, I'm proud of you. You are a masterpiece. You need to know that this season's going to change. It's going to get better. God's got a better plan for you than what's going on right now. Plant a good seed because then you can eat the fruit of that good seed while you're pulling out the weeds that are in the garden. Just a thought. A few more things about seeds as I land the plane. They can lay dormant for a long time. Some seeds can actually stay in the soil for years before they grow. Here's all I want to say about that. Don't get impatient and quit. It's your job to sow good seed. So sow it. Don't get impatient and quit which was my next one, which is don't stop sowing. In the middle of that, man, sometimes we just give up. We just give up. We stop sowing. We sow good seed for six weeks into our teen's life, and then week number six rolls around, you walk in, the trash isn't been, hasn't been taken out, the room looks like a tornado hit it, you think you need to call FEMA for disaster relief, and what do you do? You walk in and go, man, I've been being good to you for six weeks. What is your stinking problem? Are you ever gonna change? Man, what just happened in their heart? Keep sowing good seed. Don't get impatient. You're sowing good seed because you're supposed to sow good seed, not because you're trying to manipulate somebody. And we all do it. And then don't dig up the seed. What I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you. We dig up the seed when we fixate on the fruit instead of focusing on the seed. We don't fixate on the fruit. Well, we do, but we're not supposed to. I'll plant Bermuda seed in my yard and then go out if it's not green in three days and turn the soil over to see if something grew. I dug it up because I got fixated on the fruit instead of focusing on the seed. I'm just supposed to sow seed. We learned, and we already read it back in Mark, that it's God's job to make it grow. It's not mine. I'm just responsible for sowing it and leaving it alone. Just sow good seed and leave it alone. And then there are different seeds for different seasons, different seeds for different seasons. My wife are approaching a new season. Man, my daughter will be not in her 20s anymore this year. And then we have another son that's 20 months right behind her. Do the math. We've been married 30 years this year. There's been kiddos, in, and then I've got a 19-year-old. 
There's been kiddos in our home from the get. We sow different kind of seeds as a husband and wife. A lot of our seeds revolved around interaction with our kiddos as it should have. But let me tell you, there's gonna come a day when your kiddos aren't at home and you better be sowing some good seed for that. Otherwise, you're gonna wake up next to a stranger. You better be sowing some good seed towards them. And kids, can I tell you, encourage your mom and dad to sow some good seed. Help them sow good seed because there's a time coming when you're gonna be out of their house and you still want them to be this. Pray for them, encourage them. Different seeds for different seasons. And then lastly, there are already seeds that produce weeds in the soil. This is about that condemnation piece. Genesis 3, 17 through 18 says that because of what Adam and Eve did, that the ground is cursed. And that now you're gonna go out and you're gonna scratch, it's gonna happen. You're gonna go dig, you're gonna go, that's how you're gonna eat. But in that process, there's gonna be some thorns and thistles that are now produced. Adam and Eve didn't plant those thorns and thistles from a seed packet. This place broke, thorns and thistles got planted. Same thing in, our, in the garden of our life. Thorns and thistles are already out there. I tell you that for this. There are parents, I, was, I am a parent, there was a season in my life with one of my precious babies where every time I looked in the mirror, all I could think was, man, you blew it. You were a worthless dad. And there's some goofy stuff going on and it's your fault. But I had sown a lot of good seed, too. And that kiddo and I now have an amazing, amazing relationship. Your ki- Listen, <laughs> your kids are going to make some decisions that you don't agree with. It's going to happen. Kiddos, your parents are going to make some decisions you don't agree with. There's already thorns and thistles in the soil. Husbands, it's going to happen. Wives, it's going to happen. So just examine. If you know you planted something, go do that apology thing. Make it right. Pray about that. Get it straight. Get it square. But then also appreciate, man, it may just be some thorns and thistles that were already there and it didn't have anything to do with you. So you get on your knees and you pull those weeds in prayer. That's how you do that. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Pull it in prayer because it will produce fruit. Those kiddos will come home. Worship team, I know you're waiting on me. Go ahead. Those kiddos will come home. I've seen it. It's happened in my life. Your marriage can straighten out. Year number five, an atom bomb went off in our marriage. We had planted some really bad seeds. (laughs) 30 years this year, there were thorns and thistles. She had some in her life. I had some in my life. Now we eat tomatoes and pull the weeds. That's what we do. So two final thoughts. If you don't like what's growing in the garden of your life, plant a different crop. It's never too late. Start today. In your house, in your workplace, with your neighbors, in prayer, the things that you do, the things that you say, it's never too late. And then lastly, the seeds you plant today will be the fruit you eat tomorrow. The seeds you plant today will be the fruit you eat tomorrow. Hashtag that. So plant some good 
seed. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.